Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. My name is Thomas Irwin, and you're listening to Talking About the Passion. This is a podcast where I'll be interviewing various independent musicians and featuring their music. As for myself, I'm a singer-songwriter and producer who goes by Niagara Moon. You can look up more about my own music at niagaramoonmusic.com. My guest for the very first episode is Grant Wicks. Grant is a songwriter as well as the singer and guitarist for the band Walking Ghosts, based out of East Hampton, Massachusetts. By day, he provides professional recording, mixing, and mastering services as an engineer at Grant Wicks Recording. He also mixed my album Eating Peaches, and I think he did a pretty killer job. I'm going to play their most recent single, Low Life, and then you'll get to hear our little Skype session. After that, I'll play one more track of theirs from their debut 7-inch, a song called Not Today. So without further ado, I give you Walking Ghosts, Low Life. like to keep up the pace of an album a year nice. if possible because I just write all these songs you know you want to get them out there so you can move on to to writing the next batch of songs I don't know I get bored with my own songs pretty quickly I'm terrible about that too because like uh basically I I write a lot we had with figuring out finding a drummer a long-term drum and everything there's just almost out of necessarily out of that there's a big backlog of songs and so it's built up the pressure to record all the yeah. you know record all this stuff and the thing that i'm best at is just still writing more songs you know <laughs> so it takes so much less time to write the song versus recording the song yeah to actually have it all in there everything like realized and getting it all the way you want it to sound it's yeah and the, the recording is so much more of a yeah yeah and you want to make sure you really have a, a great representation of it too and the more time you have i feel like the more time you have 
that a song's been written and you've played it that you haven't recorded it, you lose some of the guidance with like the, you know, you have to kind of like refine, in some ways like refine the the core energy of the song or like... Yeah, you don't want to let it sit for too long because then you forget what you were trying to do. You come back to it later and it, I don't know, starts to feel more artificial, like it's not what you're into at that moment. Yeah, exactly. If you've already moved on to something else. Um, yeah, well, that's that's cool. I'd, be, I'd definitely look forward to uh, checking out, you know, hearing some of the new tunes and stuff with the with the band and everything. Yeah. Well, thank you for being the very first guest. Oh, it was my pleasure. First question I had is, uh, how'd you come up with the name Walking Ghosts? Um, it's more uh, kind of originated out of antisocial tendencies. At the time when I started the band, uh, pretty much everyone in the band was pretty exceptionally antisocial, especially in uh, larger gatherings. <laughs> and so everybody kind of had... Uh, you know, flee large social settings instinct. And I guess uh, I heard that like ghost walking or something was like slang for leaving a crowded place and uh, just kind of going off on your own. And so uh, kind of reversed that. And I thought it was appropriate at the time. I never heard that expression. Yeah, neither did I. I don't know. I, I can't remember how it popped up, but uh, I saw that and I thought pretty uh, perfectly encapsulated <laughs> the attitude of the band at the time. So how many people are in the band? What are the, the different parts? Currently, it's myself. I play uh, guitar and sing. Meg Riley uh, plays keyboards. Um, Amy Acker plays bass. Jeremy Smith plays drums. So yeah, it's a four-piece. How long have, uh, have you guys been going before you? In the current form, we've been playing with uh, Jeremy for about a year and a half. I've performed under like the Walking Ghost name with various people for about, um, I guess, like sort of off and on for about five years now. Cool. Yeah, I guess your uh, your debut seven inch came out about five years ago now. Yep. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. And that was yeah, it's mostly different um, players back then, um, except Amy plays bass on uh, one of the songs. It's sticking with antisocial theme, uh, we keep. Pretty pretty low key. We don't have a huge uh, social media presence and don't uh, put a lot of uh, work into that. It's mostly about shows and um, picking the things to do that we we get really excited about. So uh, in this group before, are you the uh, the sole songwriter? I write uh, all the lyrics, but um, I wouldn't say I'm the sole songwriter. Um, for a while, I was, um, but the current uh, incarnation of the band is uh, very uh, collaborative as far as the uh, arrangements go and the song forms, and I'll bring in uh, an idea for a song or different sections, and then we'll put together the form as a band or kind of... Uh, the other parts of the song, like the arrangement, are so integral that it really is like a collaborative process at this point. That's always a fun way to, to go about forming a song. Yeah, we have we have a good time. And uh, it always arrives at a, a more interesting place uh, than when you're just kind of writing in a vacuum. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, it depends. When it's the right people. And uh, I really love uh, and I'm lucky to get to play with people that I love uh, playing with. Nice. You guys uh, would probably call yourself a rock and roll group. Yeah, we'd probably say that. So... Uh, 
it's hard to get the spirit of that with just one person writing everything themselves and bringing it to the group. You get more of a, an energy if different people are kind of coming together. Yeah, I don't think, you know, it's definitely not something where I'm cracking down on every single facet of, you know, somebody will bring in a kind of riff or a melody or an idea. Sometimes it's like a song title. I do uh, a lot of my songwriting uh, tends to start with song titles. Hmm. That's always an interesting approach. Yeah, I tend to write write in reverse. How long have you been uh, into music? How long have you played guitar, uh, writing songs, all that sort of stuff? What was kind of your introduction into into being a musician? Well, um, I grew up in a family where uh, there's always music being played. Um, so I listened to a lot of contemporary music and classic rock and roll stuff, but there wasn't a lot of music playing, although being around some band practices here and there, uh, you know, when I was younger, but I'd probably just be in the corner reading a comic book or something. So yeah, I guess I, I started to really get into music more as a teenager, as far as um, thinking about playing it. I, I didn't start playing guitar until kind of late. I think I started playing guitar when I was 15. And that kind of came out of there. somebody left a guitar at uh, our house, my family's house. And I just, it was there. And so I got curious about it and started playing it a little bit and spending more time, you know, just trying to figure it out on my own. By the time I had, you know, sort of put in enough uh, dabbling time with it to want to get a guitar for myself because this was like a nylon string acoustic that you know the strings were like probably an inch off the fretboard and I had no idea that it was you know just a a junky guitar I didn't realize at the time that it was also strung up left-handed and that uh, even though I'm right-handed I had begun to learn uh, guitar left-handed When it came time to get, you know, a slightly better guitar, I was already kind of committed to playing left-handed. I still do play guitar left-handed. So that kind of influences the way you play guitar? Uh, I I guess. I mean, it's it's hard to know, but my dominant hand is the fretting hand instead of the picking hand, which a lot of people comment on how fast my picking hand is. When you uh, got into guitar back when you were 15, what was the music you were listening to at that time? Like, uh, what kind of guitarists were really uh, influential to you? Well, um, that's a great question. I think at the time, I was probably listening to a lot of Led Zeppelin, Hmm. um, as you do as a 15-year-old boy um, on occasion. And... uh, but actually, the weird thing was I got into Led Zeppelin not really through the the usual channels. I had heard of Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I didn't really, like, start sort of paying attention, really delving into, like, researching music um, or, like, seeking it out super hard until I was about 14 or 15. I just, like, listened to whatever other people were giving me and, like, a handful of cassette tapes, random mix of stuff um and mixtapes so uh my family had a lot of uh mixtapes around so that's just what would get listened to so it's a real hodgepodge of stuff um on those mixtapes i remember when i was 15 i there are a couple things that uh sort of stuck out to me one was uh 
for whatever reason, I had the impulse to buy Led Zeppelin BBC Sessions. Oh. Um, That's a live in the studio kind of album? Yeah, so it's live in the BBC. Um, I think they did some, like, when they released it or it got remastered or something, um, that uh, they, they maybe redid some overdubs or something like that. I remember hearing something like that. But basically... I just went into record store and I saw that uh, it was like a double disc CD and I think it was on sale or something like that and I was like oh Led Zeppelin I know that band's supposed to supposed to be a great guitar band somebody told you know somebody probably mentioned Led Zeppelin and so I picked it up because I was like oh two CDs for the price of one this is great and I didn't really even think too much about like oh this is a live out you know this isn't a studio album or whatever i just got that and i thought it was was really cool um and i still to this day really like the bbc sessions uh album along with uh first uh five or six albums those are great guitar albums sort of early influences and then uh i also um had a friend of the family uh I think for my 16th birthday, um, got me again a, a White Stripes uh, CD, oh. and they uh, they said this band is going to be the next big the next big thing. Uh, that's and what year was this that they said that? I think the White Stripes sort of breakout album White Blood Cells had come out maybe earlier that year. So this is before Seven Nation Army. Yes, this is before this is before Elephant. Um, so this was more uh, uh, fell in love with the girl, dead leaves in the dirty ground kind of. Oh yeah, doesn't it also have that? I don't know if you saw that movie Napoleon Dynamite, but I think they had uh, one of their songs featured there. That's how I found out about the band. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm not sure what exactly year it was, but that album had just come out, White Blood Cells. But that was again not the album that they got me. What what they got me was this bootleg live album from a show in Texas. So again, I just thought you don't this, get the official studio album; you get the uh, the live recording. Completely by accident, I have this. Uh, I have this tendency to gravitate towards the live albums. So I got this, and I put it in, and I thought it was like one of the strangest things I'd ever heard because it was this live, it was a live bootleg and the set, the sound quality wasn't even that great. It's just uh, guitar and drums. It's really raw. And Jack White has uh, just such a crazy affected Yelpy voice. Um, and I, I, I put it on and I literally didn't know what to make of it. Most things that I end up really loving over time, there's some element of it sort of like catches me off guard and it's un- there's something unexpected about it. And so I listened to that and I was like, whoa, I don't <laughs> even know exactly what's going on here. That kind of piqued my curiosity. And I listened to it again. I got, you know, more and more into it. And I was like, oh, you know, it really there's something here that I, I really like and keeps me coming back. A friend of mine was like, pointed out that that's not a, uh, <laughs> that's not a stu- that wasn't one of their studio albums mm-hmm. like i only vaguely uh, like acknowledged that it was a live album i was like oh okay this is like their album uh and so somebody else gave me a burnt uh burnt me a copy of uh white blood cells and i listened to that and i love that um like white stripes led zeppelin um i had a really big bob dylan phase uh, but that was more song i suppose more songwriting than guitar 
Oh, that's the other thing. Like, surfy guitar was kind of like a big inspiration to me. So I another one of the things that really motivated me to play guitar was I went to a basketball game. And it was a high school basketball game. And a kid who was a couple years older than me who... Um, he uh, was playing guitar in the pep band, and they did a cover of Miserloo by Dick Dale. And I just thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever heard. Just, you know, somebody who was a couple years older than me being able to play something like that. And just sounded, I thought it sounded so cool. And so, yeah, when I started uh, playing guitar, and still to this day, I love uh, surf music. Um, so Dick Dale... Like, uh, we had talked about earlier that uh, Japanese surf guitar player, Takeshi Taraoshi. Oh, yeah, from back in the 70s or something? Yeah, he's like around in the 60s and 70s. Um, he's a mon- monster guitar player. So, yeah, I kind of cut my teeth on classic rock, surf rock, you know, surf guitar and garage rock stuff. Um, was definitely early on my uh, kind of go-to I'm getting the sense you blend some of those different influences together. The White Stripes sound is definitely something that comes off in your music a bit. Yeah, earlier stuff for sure, too. Like um, when I first started writing my own songs, uh, it was definitely like pretty heavy White Stripes influence. I, I spent a lot of my teen years after that spending most of my time either playing guitar, uh, trying to have a band, or, you know, researching music or out hunting for records or scouring the internet for some kind of bootleg weird stuff that I heard about on some forum or something. So uh, I wanted to talk about recording a little more. Yeah. So in addition to being the guitarist of Walking Ghosts, uh, your day job is a engineer at a music studio. That's right. So the Walking Ghosts recordings are made at your studio? Uh, the first one, uh, so most recent ones are, and we're uh, currently uh, just begin work on our, fir- uh, our first full length after all these years. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, and that's, we're starting work on that at uh, my studio, and we'll probably pop into some other studios along the way while we're working on that. Uh, and then the most recent single that we put out, uh, Low Life, was just kind of a one-off thing uh, that we did at my studio. And then the first seven-inch we recorded, we recorded up at this uh, great studio in Vermont called uh, Verdant Studio. Um, it's out in the middle of the woods in a barn. Sounds like a fun environment to record a hard rock song. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, was, it, it was kind of a funny story. The first 7-inch was uh, I had just graduated from college. It was kind of like the I'd saved up the money to do that, and it was kind of like my like my present to myself to uh, to go up and you know spend a couple days um, up at the studio in Vermont and record. I, I didn't have a, I didn't have a studio of my own at the time, um, so this was pre uh, uh, this was before I was uh, audio engineering full time and had my own space. So we went up there. And it was uh, in July. Basically, somehow it scheduled the recording uh, dates on what ended up being the uh, like two hottest days of the year. And so it was in the and uh, Verdant Studio is awesome. It's super cool. One thing they uh, don't have though in the studio is uh, AC, mm. um, which usually isn't a problem most of the year. Uh, 
Yeah, because they also have big overhead fans and stuff, so you can get it cooled down and then track or whatever. But um, the overhead fans weren't doing it, and they, they're a little noisy, so you kind of want them off when you're tracking. So it was over 100 degrees. Uh, the <laughs> and the uh, the mixing board was hot to the touch. It was this, It's an old um, mixing board. I think it was maybe in the BBC at some point. It's an old Neve board. Oh, wow. Uh, great recording environment, but it was also the conditions uh, uh, themselves were really interesting because we were all sweating like crazy and uh, you know just trying to crank out some some songs. But uh, everybody was everybody was feeling it, and the hands were sweaty <laughs> and uh, mom's spaghetti and all that stuff. <laughs> Sounds like a good uh, first experience to have recording with a band, just sweating your ass off. Yeah, it's like sort of trial by fire. There luckily was no literal fire, um, although there was, I think, at one point, uh, something over the overheated and uh, the mixing board and the like. There's kind of like a power surge or something like that, and Ooh. and uh, the engineer that we had brought up with us uh, to man the controls. Uh, the look on his face was mortified that <laughs> this very uh, expensive old board had just powered down uh yeah, i'm surprised smoke wasn't coming out of it yeah it was uh we, we were kind of surprised too but uh we made it through and had a fun time putting that together and uh it was a, it was a good first release for us you know just to have uh have something to give people neat making those songs i mean it has a very live quality to it i it doesn't sound like you have many uh overdubs sounds pretty raw uh no yeah not not too many overdubs uh pretty much everything was live except for uh the vocals i i probably did a guide vocal and um then sang it over i i think for all the songs that are on the seven inch the vocal takes are probably the first or second takes just did those really you know really quickly you know i'm not uh necessarily somebody who will you know go through and make sure that everything is like you know pitch perfect um it's a little rough around the edges is uh nice to me i guess maybe because uh i was indoctrined with that uh the live bbc and bootleg yeah there seems to be kind of a connection there yeah quite possibly and uh, the process of recording the low life single is that pretty similar. You just all got in the studio one day and played all the parts, and then you just overdub your vocals later. Or uh, the low life single that was actually my uh, one of my good friends, Tim, came out from Cleveland. Uh, he's been a member of a bunch of great uh, Ohio-based uh, rock and roll and garage rock uh, punk bands and things like that. And uh, we've done some touring with him and had a great time. Um, He's, uh, you know, an old friend of mine and, you know, we wanted to do some recording just because we had, hadn't put something out in a number of years. And so he came out, uh, for three or four days, uh, a couple winters back now. And, um, we just tracked some stuff. We taught him a couple songs and we tracked some stuff and that was more cause we were learning, he was learning the songs on the fly, uh, basically tracked guitar and drums at the same time and then overdubbed the rest. So pretty different, pretty different process. It is, it is my preference though to have some kind of uh, do as much live as possible um, when possible. But I'm not. Uh, You're not a purist. No, no. I mean, I'm not adverse to 
tracking stuff. I mean, when you're an audio engineer, um, your job in a lot of ways is to find the best way for someone else to realize their vision. And so as a result, you kind of end up trying, like experiencing a lot of different processes and approaches and just you're exposed to a lot of different approaches and cool ideas. So I think that opens up your perspective and just your uh, repertoire of, you know, tricks and techniques that you can approach things with. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm pretty open-minded when it comes to uh, how recordings are made. You know, I have my sort of things that I like to lean towards, but um, I'm also really inspired by uh, the way other people go about their stuff. And I learn a lot. Neat. Well, I wanted to talk to you about playing shows a little bit. Um, I heard you had a very special concert last year. Ah, uh, yes. Last fall. I was wondering if you could tell me more about that. Yeah, so um, this past November, we were lucky enough to open for one of my all-time favorite bands, uh, The Sonics, who, uh, if you're unfamiliar, they're a fantastic garage, like early rock and roll um, garage rock band kind of deal from uh, Seattle. And they uh, came out with their uh, first couple albums in the 60s and then kind of had some seminal uh, garage rock hits. And then um, fast forward uh, into the 2000s, they reformed more recently and put out another album and started touring and the cool thing about it is it's like the record that they made it just it sounds like they haven't lost a day you know and they're still a great live band and so uh when the opportunity came up to play with them i was uh really really excited mm. and uh basically it was going to be uh two days after my birthday Ooh, and uh how did, how did that opportunity come about how did they uh decide on you guys well, um, there aren't a ton of um, 60s and 70s leaning uh, or influenced uh, rock and roll bands in this area. This area being uh, Western Massachusetts as a whole? Western Massachusetts, yeah. We're lucky because I, I think um, we've been able to play a lot of uh, shows with cool bands when they roll through. Um, if when it's a good fit, like uh, we played with that band Twin Peaks. They were awesome. Um we played with uh, this, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, this band from Nashville, Diarrhea Planet. Uh, the name intrigues me, but I have not heard of them before. Yeah, they, they have one of the uh, most uh, memorable names in uh, rock and roll right now. But they're, uh, they have uh, four guitarists, and they're pretty phenomenal uh, live act and uh, need to be seen live to be believed. So they're from Nashville, and we played with them when they came out, and uh, just by virtue of being kind of playing the kind of music that we do, play with a lot of uh, cool bands over the years. Um, no Bunny is another one that was comes to mind as uh, very memorable. Um, and then you know when we tour, uh, we do like to go out to sort of uh, places where there's a little bit more of a concentration of kind of kindred bands and music gone out to the midwest a number of times and just have a lot of friends out there in other parts of the country um you can kind of make friends with people just by that shared connection of music that you love like some friends that i'm like so excited always so excited to see or hear from but you know i know them through uh through music stuff yeah it's a great way to meet a lot of different people that you wouldn't meet otherwise if you didn't have the the same kind of passion the same interests 
you know, I mean, in your life, you meet a lot of people in passing and things like that, or for an evening or two. But in a lot of ways, it can be a real strong connection, you know, and you meet somebody who's kind of drawing on a lot of the same um, aspects of something that you love, or like music or any kind of art. And uh, yeah, I think that there's a real, I don't know, intangible, uh, shared vocabulary of culture that uh, makes uh, making connections that way exciting. And uh, it's one of, the be- one of the best things about, I think, being a traveling musician and or just, you know, a regular totally. gigging or touring musician. Um, so you got this full-length album coming out this you're aiming for this year? Probably yeah, early early 2018, um if not sooner. Uh but yeah, it'll be it'll be out within a year. Nice, very excited about that. And uh any shows coming up? We're focusing on mainly recording uh for the winter and then we've got a couple members of the band are traveling overseas in the next couple months. So um we're kind of intermittently uh, preparing for recording stuff and working on a couple things that we already started. But uh, we do have, uh, I think our first show back is in April. Um, we're playing at this uh, lake house in uh, the town of Ashfield. It's also in Western Mass. Yeah, very pretty up there. Very New England scenic. Yeah, we're looking forward to playing. You know, I guess the place is right on a lake. I've never been there before, so it'll just be it'll be exciting to try out a new place. And yeah, I think probably in the spring we'll be playing more shows. For now, we're just really kind of you know zeroing in on working on these recordings and uh, just kind of polishing up the songs and stuff. Nice. I'm excited to to hear it when you guys are all done with it. Hopefully, I can catch a show if I'm back in Northampton. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, you should you should come play a show. Ooh. I would like to do that as well. Anytime. You're in the area. We'll, we'll figure it out. All right. Well, thanks so much. No problem. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of a good way to wrap this up. You need a catchphrase. I do need a catchphrase. I'm going to be working on that. Yeah, I'll, if I think of anything, I'll, I'll pass it on. All right, so we got through it. Episode number one. Did you guys make it all the way through two? Excellent. Give yourselves a pat on the back. So yeah, I hope to be able to put out a new episode every Wednesday, but we'll see where the year takes us. If you liked this episode of Talking About the Passion and want to support the podcast in any way, please write a review on iTunes and subscribe. Also, if you have any suggestions, questions, or whatever for me about the podcast, you can email tatppodcast at gmail.com. Have I said podcast enough yet? I think I have. I also want to give a shout out to Miranda Harmon for making the artwork for the podcast. Thanks again for listening, and now please stick around just a little longer for this next Walking Ghost song, Not Today.
have. That's probably the most I've talked about myself in a really long time. 